Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on your favorite podcasting app. Thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to have you on board with me once again today. Yeah, it's time to talk about the draft. Time to finally get on with it. Hope you're having a happy Easter weekend. Happy Easter, happy Easter, and happy Easter. Yes, and it's freezing cold still. What the hell? It's freezing cold. Come on. Um... I'm not somebody that complains about the cold that much, but it should be a little bit warmer, a little bit nicer than this. Come on, it's Easter and it's like mid-April, come on. So it's a little bit annoying, but at least draft talk is coming up and it is going to warm up and blah, blah, blah. We have some free agency to catch up with as well. So it's going to be like free agent catch-up, draft preview, and fan interaction. Let's go in that direction. Should we split it up into three segments? Maybe, what the heck? Eh, we'll see. Maybe I'll have it in two segments. I'm kind of jumping back and forth. Uh, I think I'm going to keep it at two segments, literally deciding here on the fly because it's like, it, it is what it is. I'm the producer. I'm the executive producer. I'm the host. I'm this. I'm that. Yeah. Doesn't that make me cool? Yeah, not really. <laughs> but no, always appreciate you out there. Um, there was something I wanted to say, but let's just get back to the free agency. It'll come back to me in a second. Otherwise, apologize if... Some of these names were mentioned on the previous episode, but uh, just in case they weren't, that's why I'm just like playing it safe. And the other thing I wanted to say, a disclaimer, I am not an NFL draft expert, but I'm going to discuss a certain group of players that I believe will be there at 12 or could be floating around at 12 where the Vikings are targeting. And there's about two two or three guys that are probably very much so going to be the very likely guy that will be taken. But let's get to the free agency catch-up here quick. Nick Vigil, unfortunately, signed a one-year contract with Arizona. I think I mentioned that on the last show, but I'm not 100% sure. Sean Mannion re-upped with the Minnesota Vikings for one year. Dakota Dozier signed a one-year contract with Chicago. Good luck to him. Hope his health is fine. And now this absolutely for sure is one that was not mentioned on the last show, but it was a rumor, a possibility. We kept talking about him, kept talking about him. Zadarius Smith is coming to the Minnesota Vikings from the Green Bay Packers. Three-year contract. Very, very cool. Definitely a pass-rushing son of a gun and one of the coolest guys ever. Man, what a cool guy. Uh, loved the press conference. He sounds like the kind of, you know, he sounds like somebody you'd like to like kick back, have a beer with, talk football, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm sure that would happen. I'm a, <laughs> nobody wants to kick back and have a beer with me on the whole planet, it seems like. I'm off on an island, and it kind of sucks. Okay, I'll get off my depression <laughs> here for a moment. Oh, man, he had some wonderful years, though. 2019, very, very, very memorable, attacking Kirk Cousins and such, going up the gut against that freaking Bradbury guy, that guy that maybe will get replaced in this year's draft. Maybe, just maybe, by, by an Iowa center. Uh, 13 and a half sacks. I swear he had like six six of those sacks were against the Vikings. It was unbelievable. Three of them for sure were, though, in that second game. That pretty much, that literally put the Vikings on ice, actually. In 2020, 12.5 sacks in that season. A stud, absolutely great um, linebacker, pass rushing linebacker. who's was kind of like a defensive end, but generally a linebacker. He's a very huge linebacker, 272. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a hybrid linebacker defensive end, so he fits nicely in the 3-4, and as long as his back situation is okay, as long as he's going to be healthy and ready to go, could be a freaking awesome signing. Played only one game last year and had one tackle. Um, and then, you know, it's just like, it was like time for surgery, that kind of thing. So, really unfortunate. Uh, he forced four fumbles in 2020, did Zadarius Smith with a couple of pass deflections. He has zero interceptions in his career, which is unusual for a linebacker. They usually pick up a couple, but oh well. Four forced fumbles, though, and I'm sure like two of them are against Kirk Cousins. Okay, I'm just kidding. A um, couple of passes deflected. He has eight forced fumbles throughout his career, but he had he doubled that total in 2020 after having won a season for a while there. Actually started his career with Baltimore, and things just eventually didn't work out. He appreciated them and everything, but you know they didn't give him the offer that he couldn't refuse, that kind of thing. So off he went. Zadarius turns 30 on September the 8th, just in time for the regular season. So, not the youngest guy in the world. But, well, it's nice to have him. Nice to have Zadarius Smith in the mix. Could have a phenomenal pass rush for the Minnesota Vikings with Zadarius Smith and uh, our good friend, number 99, of course, Daniil Hunter. Be great. to. It's going to be fascinating to see what those guys can do. And they have a lot of fun talking about it as well. Um, Brian O'Neill, very happy to have uh, Zadarius Smith on our side other than on the Packers' side. So that's a big thing as well. The right tackle, of course, for Minnesota. 
Michael Pierce, yep, and they do remember mentioning this in the last show, but what the heck. Michael Pierce, three-year contract in Baltimore, actually got a pretty good pretty good amount of money, like $15 million, so good for him. Shannon Sullivan comes here from the Green Bay Packers as well. We're just scooping up those Packer players, aren't we? I guess. Uh, he's okay. He's a cornerback. We'll see how things go. He is. He was an undrafted free agent, born on August 7, 1996, out of Georgia State, 5'11", 189. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit goofy. Was not originally signed by the Packers, but by Philadelphia in 2018, and then played the last three seasons with the Green Bay Packers. Couple of tackles for loss last season, and he played all every game available possibly he could have for the Green Bay Packers. He played in every one of them. So knock on wood, an Iron Man. Good job, good job. He had a pick six, six deflections in 2020 and 2020. Anyway, six deflections in 2019. That's good. One interception in each year, and then last year three interceptions. So, and then uh, uh, what was I leaning towards with the? He had four. Four pass deflections, so he didn't have three sixes in a row, but uh, three interceptions to join that. So that's more like a seven there in a lot of ways. Only 14 <laughs> interception yards, but he did have a pick six from only seven yards out in 2020. But, yep, so Shannon Sullivan, is there something there? I got to think there's a little something, so I'll give him a chance. And he's under 30, obviously, significantly under 30. So there's a chance there. He's returned uh, three kicks in his career for 48 total yards, along of 19. So... Those are probably one of those deals where it didn't quite go to the guy you wanted it to go, or they just had to throw him in there a little bit in his first year with Green Bay. He was a super young guy playing on special teams and kind of carving out his niche niche in the National Football League. Zero sacks, zero corner blitzes from uh, Shannon Sullivan so far. So we'll see. Good luck, Shannon Sullivan. At least a depth guy at the very least, considering the, uh, the hell we went through last year. Another cornerback, Ty Smith. I think I mentioned him in the last episode, but what the hell? Fifth-round pick of the Seattle Sea Chickens out of Raleigh, North Carolina, six foot and 195. Definitely much more in a reserve role, though. Uh, where Shannon Sullivan actually played a decent amount for Green Bay. Numbers very low, like only 10 solo tackles and three. He actually played for the Vikings last year, so I guess we re-upped him is what the case is here. Re-upped Ty Smith, yep. Yeah, I thought he was here. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, duh. But, I mean, you, you barely noticed him out there. Just played in a couple games. Uh, mostly on special teams, honestly. Wasn't a whole big factor for Minnesota. Yeah, I was like, that was last year. My mind is racing, and I deeply apologize. Neil Harrison also coming on board. Yeah, because Ty Smith. Yeah, it was, it was a yeah. one-year contract from Denver. Nate Harrison. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Nate Harrison, not Ty Smith, was the guy from Denver. Also, much more of a limited role. Uh, played earlier in his career, was a fifth-round pick at the Indianapolis Colts. Played two years there, two years with the New York Jets, and, and was very sparing for the uh, Denver Broncos, even though he wound up in 16 games, which again spells special teams. Bits and pieces there. He did deflect four passes, though, for the Denver Broncos. He deflected five as a rookie for the Indianapolis Colts, again, fifth-round pick in 2017. In the middle of the second round, he had two sacks of the year, too. Had a really, really nice rookie year with the INT. He even had a safety. Wow, nice. He had a really good rookie year, and it looks like things have just kind of quietly dropped off the last few years and only played two games with the New York Jets in 2020 due to injury. So that's unfortunate. We'll see what happens, Nate Harrison. They're not messing around with the cornerback position. And we'll see what they're going to do here. Not messing around with the guard position either. A couple of guards brought in. Jesse Davis, one-year contract, coming in from the Dolphins. Uh, talk is he's average to below average, so we'll see. I'm um, wishing him the best, no doubt about it. Six foot six, three twenty-five, undrafted, and he's already over 30. He's only played three years in the NFL overall. Been one of those guys who's been kind of in and out of lineups and such. So kind of a depth, and we'll see what happens kind of guy. We'll see if he gets through the training camp. On this team, it's quite possible, but you never know. Uh, Patrick Peterson, of course, re-upped again. Had a very reasonable contract. Re-upped, one-year deal, So he, and he announced it on his podcast. And nice to have you back on board. PP, Patrick Peterson. Our AP was better than their PP. Thanks. Thanks for that anecdote. Uh, Patrick Peterson went healthy, very good. Just not always healthy, which is annoying. Um, but when healthy, he's very good. I think I made that point. Gosh, he's, a, he's exactly 11 years younger than my uh, old, old friend way back in the day that I haven't seen in eons, Matt McCulley, just in case some of you have heard of him. July 11th, 1990. Wow. 
wow, we're getting old. <laughs> we're getting old. He, he was 11 years younger than Matt, and Patrick Peters is considered one of the old guys in the locker room. We're getting old, aren't we? <laughs> one in a billion chance Matt might be listening to this podcast like, Joey does a Vikings show? Huh. Haven't seen him in uh, a while. We'll leave that where that is. Chris Reed actually is a legitimate uh, guard brought in. So Vikings happy about that. A lot of people happy about him. Could be the starting right guard for Minnesota if all goes well. Where David uh, Davis is more of a crapshoot. I don't know why this is acting up now and that figures. Of course it is. Because that's how things go for me when I'm trying to do a podcast. Things start acting up. Chris Reed coming in from the Indianapolis Colts. It was a two-year contract. A little bit more serious going on. Two-year contract. Chris Reed coming in from Minnesota. Very strong possibility of being a right guard, depending on how the draft goes and such, and other players that might be fighting for it. Like, uh, obviously, you know, <laughs> yeah, Wyatt Davis would be nice to get him going. We'll see what happens. But definitely competition coming in to help, and he's he was decent. He's at least average. He's at least an average guard, according to PFF and all that. So that's nice, PFF ratings. Julian Taylor brought in after suffering an ACL in 2020. Yeah, he hasn't played for quite a while. Man, unfortunate. So we'll see. A depth possibility at the uh, defensive tackle. He was a 7th round pick by the San Francisco 49ers, but connections with uh, Kwesi Andofo Mensa. Kwesi. Kwesi. You're driving me Kwesi. Yes, I know. That way I just say it correctly, rather than saying Kwesi. And I'm still mad at myself about that, because it makes me look stupid. Tayshaun Bauer has left the Vikings defensive end. Remember him? One of those training camp, you know, Mr. Mankato type of guys. Well, Mr. Uh, whatever the heck it is. Mr. Egan now, I guess you'd call it. Um, Tayshon Bauer, though, did look good when he had some moments, but now he's off to the Las Vegas Raiders. He was actually... What the hell? He was actually with the New England Patriots as well for a minute. That's interesting. The Vikings and the Patriots. It's confusing. But, uh, yes, he, he had some stints in random teams and such. Only one sack last season with the Patriots in two games. So, interesting there. Good for him. Good luck with the Las Vegas Raiders. Tayshaun Bauer had some good moments in training camp, but never really caught on as like a full-time type of player. Greg Joseph re-signed. One-year contract. So a guy that could actually make some kicks, except for the Arizona one, which pissed me off. And obviously he's not a perfect kicker. He had some moments, but he missed some and blah, blah, blah. Um, so there's, there's that. There's been some positives, some negatives, but... Career 89.7% kicker. He was 90% last year. Not too bad. It's a lot better than some of the kickers in the old days. Uh, like of 60%, which is horrendous. Even the upper 50s sometimes. College out of Florida Atlantic from South Africa. Cool. Cool. Um, 30, uh, no, 28 years old. He's got a, still still got some possibilities. Um, I, I, I like him. I like him. I think he's okay. And now we might have a normal coaching staff here that isn't going to, like, drive him nuts and make him, make him nervous. You know, like he did to other kickers, the former coach. So we're not coaching in fear anymore. There's no more fear. No more fear-based coaching style here in Minnesota. I hope not. I hope things, uh, I hope that actually means something and it's not just a load of nonsense and succotash. But uh, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. Uh, but, yep, that'll get us caught up for free agency. I guess we'll just jump right into the draft. Or should we take a break just to kind of just to kind of bring things up a little bit? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's go to break, and we'll be back for some draft talk. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Time to talk about the 2022 NFL Draft regarding the Minnesota Vikings especially. And this and that and the lat. Uh, yeah, so I split it up just for production purposes so we can make it more dramatic. It's it's draft time now, okay? So we, we, we can't mess around with that free agency crap. It's, it's about the draft, baby. It's about the draft. Yeah, okay, I'll stop. It's about the draft. Okay. <laughs> Should we go to the most annoying... The most annoyingly designed website in the history of the planet Earth because there's 550,000 ads on this webpage. 
It could literally destroy your computer. But what the hell? Well, wait, it's okay. WalterFootball.com. Let's just go to the mock draft quick before I start talking about certain players. According to Walter Football, oh, Mr. I gotta have wall-to-wall ads on my page, and I understand why you have ads. But when you have this many, it might alienate your fan base a little bit. Still has the Jacksonville Jaguars drafting Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end of Michigan, number one overall. Detroit Lions, Travon Walker, defensive end, Georgia. Houston Texans, Ahmad Gardner. So I'm not even going to talk about Ahmad Gardner because he's, he's going to go super high, like top five. So he's actually off the list, even though he'd be a very exciting addition coming to Minnesota, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Kevin Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. Evan Neal, offensive tackle, guard to the um, New York Giants, Carolina Panthers, Malik Willis. And I'm not going to talk about Malik Willis either because the Vikings aren't going to take him. So that's just a darn, that's just a done deal. So <laughs> that's just a done deal. Um, and it's unfortunate. It'd be fun to see him, but it's not going to happen. They have the New York Giants taking Derek Stingley, seventh. Wow. Which like 99 other mock drafts have him slipping to Minnesota and the Vikings taking him. Yeah, he's basically the quintessential guy. I'm letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. It came Aquanu, offensive tackle, going to the Falcons. Eighth, Seattle Sea Chickens, Jermaine Johnson, who has been in Viking conversation a little bit, defensive end Seahawks. Uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, Garrett Wilson, pardon me, wide receiver to the Jets. Washington, oh, it still says Redskins. Ooh, mm, I like your style, Walter Football. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Drake London, interesting guy you'll hear about. Wide receiver to the USC, uh, from USC, heading to the <clears throat> Commanders, Washington Commanders. Um, I keep saying that because of Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise, yes. Uh, Minnesota Vikings take somebody named Trent McDuffie, who I, I like. I like Trent McDuffie a lot. Um, Jordan Davis is somebody we're going to talk about. They have him going 15th to the Eagles. And blah 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 Okay, and then uh, a certain guy has fallen out of the uh, first round of the draft. A certain center of the... Uh, the Hawkeyes. It's been like, he's, he's he's been mocked out of the first round in a lot of cases. Tyler Linderbaum, who I like a lot. I'm not blown away by him, though. Doesn't blow my hair back or my socks off, but he's pretty good. Um, Trevor Penning, blah, blah, blah. I didn't talk about him. Kyle Hamilton slipping 18th to the Eagles. I think the Eagles would be dancing on the clouds if Kyle Hamilton slipped to 18th. I don't know about that. Other drafts have him going a lot earlier. Tyler Linderbaum to the Steelers. So he's going to keep the same uniform, but it's going to be the Steelers instead of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Basically, though, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I don't know. Let's uh, let's get on with it. Kenny Pickett slipping to the Titans. Okay, enough of Walter football. Walter football is yeah, it's it'll kill your computer. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so what did I have here? Man, I'm hearing noises. That's all. Uh, that's where you get the whole damn list. Let's get to the CBS one really fast, just to see where people are thinking. Uh, Ryan Wilson. Has the Viking? Wow, they have Gardner going to the Giants, but it looks like there's a trade though. Like he, he believes there'd be a trade. Not showing who. Derek Stingley Jr. to Minnesota. Um, interesting. Uh, that was uh, Ryan Wilson. Chris Tripasso has the Vikings trading it to the Arizona Cardinals for Jermaine Johnson. I don't see where the Vikings would be picking. Probably in the 19th round, right? We got to go to... Okay, and Trent McDuffie slips to 23rd. I think we'd be pretty happy about that. Wow, yeah, that's a mock trade. He, I think we'd be pretty happy if Trent McDuffie slipped to 23rd. Wow, what a deal. <laughs> what a deal. I would do that. <laughs> I would do it. And then Jermaine Johnson coming to Minnesota, according to Josh Edwards. Interesting. Okay. Was there another one? There is. Oh, there's two more. I like it. That's what I like about CBS Sports. You get multiple... Uh, you get like tons of people here. Uh, Pete Prisco. Has the Vikings getting Derek Stingley Jr. And Kyle Stockpole has the Vikings taking Derek Stingley Jr. We'll be talking about him very, very shortly. Kenny Pickett going to Atlanta in uh, Prisco's draft. Interesting. Malik Willis to the Panthers. A lot of people have Malik Willis going to the Panthers. Almost everybody has the Panthers taking a quarterback, and who could blame them? <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I mean, he got the king of interceptions as your quarterback right now, and he's not that good. Uh, Malik Willis is going to Pittsburgh in multiple uh, possibilities. Pittsburgh and Carolina are the most common team taking the quarterback here. 
in this draft. No question about it. Matt Coral, Kenny Pickett, and Willie Willis all being mocked to the Pittsburgh Steelers or potentially to the uh, Carolina Panthers. So, understandable. Obviously, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is not coming back. And, yeah, somebody else, God rest his soul, was killed in a, you know, killed not in a car accident, but uh, hit by a, was it a dump truck? So, uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr. killed by a truck. Um, walking on the walking in Florida, walking outside on the street in Florida, killed by a big big truck. Um, unbelievable story. So, yeah, there's no sarcasm involved here. They really need a quarterback. Yeah, and I know it's a lot deeper than needing a quarterback, but at the same time, I mean that's just a reality as well. I mean, so I, I deeply feel for uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr. His, his family, his his former teammates, his former coaches, like they really uh, respected him in uh, Ohio State. The current coach was a hell of a lot better than Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, it sounded about his corporate and like, um, yeah, well, well, thoughts and prayers go to his family. Okay, thanks, CNN. You know, thoughts and prayers go to his family. And then it's like, it's like that's all it was. He sounded, he sounded like a corporate news anchor or something. Thanks, thanks, Urban Meyer, where the other coach, a little more thoughtful, a little more to it. So, much better. Urban Meyer. I, eesh. Whoa, whoa. You're seeing more and more what he what he is, no matter what the situation is. Oh, thoughts and prayers to his family. What? You expected me to say more? Thoughts and prayers to his family. Thanks. Thanks, Irby. Mm. I mean, Jiminy. That's pretty hard. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Maybe that's just the way it is. I, I don't know. But um, I'm going to give Dwayne Haskins, host of Purple Mafia. I, you know, I, I barely watch college football. Because I just, you know, I'm an NFL guy. I only have so much time. Let's just say, you know, I'm not going to watch sports 24-7. <laughs> I, I just am not. <laughs> I cover other sports as well. You know, obviously hockey and basketball. So it is what it is. I'm more of a pro guy. Um, but I'm going to give Dwayne Haskins uh, but uh, a moment of silence. God bless Dwayne Haskins. Yep, didn't want to start any major draft conversation without bringing that up. Um, so, really sad to hear that story. Oh, I did talk about Ahmad Gardner, didn't I? I did. I'm surprised I did. Yep, I remember now. I'm crazy. I'm just nuts. Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Cornerback, five foot 11, 185. It's safe to say Trent, yeah, he's not much of a ball hawk, just like a certain player I'm going to... Uh, compare him to very shortly. The guy really can get in that backfield and he can make tackles. I mean, the the object in defense is to be able to tackle people, right? And this guy can make, he can just get it done in open field tackles as good as any of these cornerbacks. Uh, he's, he's, he's great in blitz packages. He can get his hands in and force fumbles, capable of getting interceptions, but is a natural tough defender who denies forward progress. Which is, again, you know, that's what the object is at times. He's the kind of guy who can make those big stops on third down. If he's one-on-one -on -one with a running back or receiver on those screen plays, this and that, he can make those big tackles, and I just love him. Uh, he reminds me of Anborn Whitfield, senior, and there's a very good chance he's going to be available at 12, and I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to be a Minnesota Viking. I don't necessarily believe he's the number one possibility that's going to be the guy, but I think he's one of the top two or three guys coming to Minnesota, possibly, possibly. He, he, the, the fact of the matter is, you, you get Trent McDuffie, you draft Trent McDuffie, he's going to make tackles for the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't think, I don't think he's going to let you down. That, that's the whole point. Some of these guys might end up being, might explode and be a superstar, where others are going to be disappointing. Um, I honestly thought Trey Waynes was disappointing. For an 11th overall pick in the draft, did Trey Waynes live up to that? He couldn't make an interception for his life. In fact, he just, he never got his hand in. Well, he'd, he'd tackle the guy after he caught it. And I know in Trent McDuffie's case, here's the thing. But <laughs> the play would always be way behind there, though. It'd be like, a, yeah, it's like a, a screen play. It'd be a very short play, ding and dunk, trying to get that, that, that first down. You know, the infamous Mike Zimmers and all these type of, you know, that infamous Mike Zimmer coached teams with the offense, the conservative offensive style with those little dink and dunk passes. Well, Trent McDuffie will make the tackle on those before the chains. 
Trey Waynes would make the stop. He'd make the tackle after the catch is made and after it's a first down or something else or much more after the first down. Yeah, he'd make the tackle after the guy caught the ball. Trent McDuffie can get his hands in and knock the ball away. He can force fumbles. So I think Trent McDuffie's going to be a better player than Trey Waynes. Let's put it at that. If you get him at 12, you know, and then Trey Waynes at 11, I think Trent McDuffie's going to be a better player than Trey Waynes. I think he's going to have a better career. So that's kind of my thoughts about it. I don't feel like you're reaching, training, taking Trent McDuffie here. Somebody taken after him might end up being better. Like, say, if Derek Stingley, the Vikings pass on Stingley for McDuffie. It could happen. But Stingley, I think there's a little more bust potential, a little bit. But when he's when he's on, he's on. Uh, if, if Derek Stingley is able to reach his uh, potential, if he's to pan out at some point, he could be spectacular. Back to McDuffie real quick. Only two interceptions in college and zero last year. Uh, only one sack. So he's not really overly aggressive in that sense, but he makes the tackles. He makes the plays. And he can make the big stops on third down. Those big, big stops that make you feel good. Um, he's not a, he's not necessarily a home run draft pick, but he could be a double at the very least. So that's where I feel decent about uh, the possibility of taking him. So there's something there. Something there. Derek Stingley Jr., let's move on to him. Definitely a possible more of a home run. You're swinging for the fences a bit more with Derek Stingley Jr. He had six interceptions in 2019, but he actually had zero in 2020 and 2021. The Liz Frank, that's been talked about quite a bit. He wears number seven, just like a certain Minnesota Vikings cornerback who also played for LSU, the LSU Tigers. So there's a connection there. And a lot of people are linking Derek Stingley coming to Minnesota, and I do think he's at least, at very least, a top three possibility coming to the Minnesota Vikings. Partially because... He's uh, Derek Stingley, uh, six foot one, one ninety five. By the way, out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, you know, there's connections to Justin Jefferson, connections to uh, Patrick Peterson. There, there is all that, and the possibility again with the, this whole Liz Frank thing, he might slip a little bit. People may not be in a huge rush to get him. Um, Liz Frank is that was a crack in your foot, which is you know really crucial. But the belief is he's healed and ready to go. And, man, when Derek Stingley Jr. plays, though, obviously there's something there. There is more of a home run possibility. Six interceptions as a freshman, but after that, not so much. Uh, he is great at reading where the ball is going. He has elite ball hawking skills. He really sticks to his man also, though, creating turnovers and batted passes. Capable of making the big open field tackle. Yes, he's an elite corner, but has a Liz Frank that is supposedly healed. He may drop to 12 because of that. So, sometimes, sometimes there's a GM that's like, screw it, take him. And there's other GMs that are like, nah, I don't know. And that's how Hadrian Peterson ended up slipping to the Minnesota Vikings years ago with the whole shoulder situation. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's, we'll see what happens. But Derek Stingley Jr. could be a franchise corner. Could be the next Patrick Peterson. Maybe. He, he just might be. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Patrick Peterson obviously had a phenomenal career with Arizona. It'll be He'd be a nice mentor for Derek Stingley Jr. if he was to come to Minnesota. Um this this late April here. Ahmad Garner, so we're sticking with cornerbacks one more time. One more time out of Cincinnati. Uh, he's 6'3", 190. He's more lengthy than the previous two cornerbacks. Uh, he's able to lo- use his long arms to bat away passers. Very much capable of reading a play and jumping a route for the INT. He's got blazing speed and is able to ex- execute a corner blitz. Looks a lot like a wide receiver, but has enough strength to make those big third down stops. Great talent. Might not be a, may not be a 12. Um, because, yeah, he's probably the best cornerback in this draft. And I think he's gone in the top five. So, I mean, he is he is a stud. Ahmad Garner is a stud. I'd be very surprised if he ends up being a disappointment in this, uh, you know, moving forward in the National Football League. Derek Stingley Jr., is, there's a strong possibility he's the second best guy. And then uh, McDuffie's kind of the more safe pick. Because, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the, there's definitely something there. For any of these guys, what's up with this, man? I thought I had this right. <laughs> Apologize for that. Yep, Garner had three interceptions in each of his college seasons. Wow, pretty cool. 3-3-3. Three, three, three. All right. 3-3-3, three, 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 huh? <laughs> he had a couple of touchdowns as a freshman in 2019. Um, obviously, there's, there's, some, there's star potential here. This guy could be a perennial pro bowler type of guy. Regardless of what you think of the Pro Bowl, if you're on the Pro Bowl, you must be something. There must be something there, especially at the cornerback position. Uh, very exciting. Uh, those long arms can really get him going. He had eight pass deflections 
as a freshman, six as a sophomore, and four as a junior. I wonder why it keeps getting less and less, but the only excuse I can imagine is they kept throwing to him less and less. Yeah, that's that's really what it is. Patrick Peterson, you know, is, is old and, and experienced, is old and potentially washed up a bit, as Patrick Peterson could be. I don't know about washed up, but he's dropped off a bit. Uh, they didn't throw the ball in his direction at all last year in a lot of those games. So that's why Patrick Peterson didn't, you'd often see like one or two tackles. And then the other guy, you know, like uh, Cam Dazzard would have like eight tackles. Like, well, why is that? For one, the guy caught the ball. Secondly, he, the ball was thrown in his direction because the quarterback's like, yeah, I'd rather go that way than P- Patrick Peterson. Even though he's old and, you know, and not as good as he used to be, there's, he's still a threat. Patrick Peterson will always be a threat. So there's that at the end of the day. Let's get off the cornerbacks for a little bit. And I don't think Ama Garner's coming to Minnesota because I just don't think he's going to be there, unfortunately. Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. Garrett Wilson of the Ohio State. Six foot, 183. He's a wide receiver, of course. His numbers definitely pop out as you get closer and closer or further and further along in his career as a, as a junior, not a senior, because nobody's a senior anymore. Ten, uh, 1,058 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 70 catches for one of the best teams in the country. And he also ran a ball into the end zone as well on a long run. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. 77-yard uh, touchdown long of his career as a junior out of Austin, Texas. <laughs> but yeah, more of a slot receiver type at six foot, because six, six foot wide receivers are not usually wide outs. Like I was saying, slot receiver type with running back type skills. Uh, he's, he's able to juke around and create misses in the open field uh, after the catch. So he's a little more like the Percy Harvin type. Uh, you know, so if that's what you're looking for, go for it. Uh, great, athletic, great athleticism, pardon me. He's able to turn the Jets on when given straight. His straight line speed, by the way, is, is very deceiving. Because once he kind of gets a step on you, he's gone. Like It's like, oh, whoa, holy crap, it's too late. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, he can be used on the outside. He he can be used on the outside, up the middle, and on reverse plays. Gets the job done in traffic. Reminds me of Stefan Diggs a little bit. Yeah, he does remind me of Stefan Diggs a little bit and like a Percy Harvin. Obviously, those are really high-end comparisons. But, hey, you're thinking of a first-round pick. You want to get somebody who's high-end. Stefan Diggs was a fifth-round pick. So that's the other interesting part about wide receiver. I don't always like to aim real high with wide receiver, but the last time we did, it finally worked out. Uh, the, the before before Justin Jefferson was drafted, we whiffed and 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 whiffed, and whiffed um, on every wide receiver going all the way back to Randy Moss. Like Randy Moss, you hit a grand slam, and then you whiffed. And, yeah, you get the point. You know, <laughs> one guy after another. Uh, Matthew Hatchett was a little later pick, but obviously he was okay. You know, and uh, Nate Burleson ended up being um, pretty solid. I actually really like Nate Burleson quite a bit. Those guys were not first-round picks. Troy Williamson was a huge bust. Um, whatever that other guy's name was that we took in 2016. Yeah, that guy. I don't even want to remember him. The guy that had wore Culpepper's number. And you might as well have had wide receiver Culpepper dropping the ball as well with his small hands. Um, yeah, it was a joke. It was just... I don't know. You don't take wide receivers in the first round that can't catch. That's a huge problem. So that was stupid. And hopefully that won't be the case here. Should the Vikings go for a wide receiver again in the first round? Then you had another grand slam with Justin Jefferson. So we really appreciate what we got out of that one. There's there's definitely something there with Garrett Wilson. Um, I think he's a fairly safe pick. Uh, uh, He's projected all over the place, a bit higher, a bit lower. Drake London, really long. Now, this is a wide receiver, like wide-out type of guy. Six foot four, two nineteen. His long arms allow him to pull down plays on fades to the back of the corner of the end zone. He's very hard to bring down despite his, despite his lengthy build. That's what's interesting there. Uh, very reliable to bring the ball down in traffic. Not afraid of contact either. Again, a lanky guy. He's not afraid of banging around, you know, bumping into people, put, forcing his way forward particularly on plays, you know, like you're looking for that big first down, and he's going to get him. Uh, He looks like a better version of Jake Reed. A better version of Jake Reed, especially if he can bulk up a bit, which I'm sure he will. Um, You know, just a junior in college versus a grown man in the NFL for years. He's probably going to bulk up a bit, I'm sure. Probably lifting weights right now as I speak, even on a Saturday night, but uh, it is what it is. (laughs) Yep, I'm an exciting guy as well, aren't I? Very exciting guy. But, um, that's it. That's, that's how it goes. You get a little older, you're not going to be as exciting. In fact, I never really was. Drake London's coming out of uh, USC Trojans, of course. That's Southern Cal. Moore Park, California. 
and this one even goes up to 6'5". <laughs> uh, he, he's not crazy psychotic good in the terms of the stat sheet. He did have seven touchdowns, 1,084 on 88 catches, but the fact he's making the big plays, making the big catches when, when needed, this and that. Um, USC didn't really stand out as much last year as they had back in the old days when they were winning national championships, so they weren't like the greatest team ever or anything. But still, there's something there with Greg Glendon. Uh, I make a pretty crazy comparison with him because, you know, he reminds me of a little bit. He's he's kind of like a hybrid tight end, like a certain guy who played for the Los Angeles Rams last year who won the uh, Super Bowl MVP and was the best player in the postseason, to be fair. He looks kind of like Cooper Cup, which that's why I'm thinking this might be the wide receiver that people have been sensing. The Vikings might be looking at a wide receiver in the first round. This might be the one. Think about it. Kwesi and O'Connell? I think so. I think this might be the one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the one. And if he's there at 12, Drake London just might. Just might be the pick. Maybe we're deeply in love with Derek Stingley Jr. if he gets taken earlier by the Giants or something. Drake London floats up to 12. And we're just not as high on McDuffie because he's more of a safe pick than a home run pick. Maybe Drake London's the guy. Which would be very interesting. So... Should the Vikings be looking at defensive tackle, looking at, you know, interior linemen, this and that, with Michael Pierce leaving and what you want to do with uh, Delvin Tomlins and guys like that. Jordan Davis, out of the national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, um, defensive tackle, six foot six, three forty. He's a massive defensive tackle who uses his size to get into the backfield. He creates incredible pressure up the middle, very quick and athletic for his size. He's a national champion. And the kind of guy anybody would fear going up the gut, literally. Literally going up the gut. Because uh, Jordan Davis is going to scoop you up. Kind of got a little bit of that Linval Joseph action, where Linval was hungry. Linval hungry, you know, the big monster that we used to have. And he was one of my favorite Vikings. In fact, I'd say he's one of my all-time favorite Vikings, Linval Joseph. Because you could really count on that guy. And even when he was hurt, he was just amazing. He would rip a running back down with one arm. You know, it was just unbelievable. Like, say he'd have a shoulder injury or something. Uh, in uh, Lindvall's case. He was just unbelievable. And I, I think Jordan Davis could be somebody at that level. I was extremely impressed with what I saw, actually, out of Jordan Davis. And, hey, he was on one of the best teams in the country. In fact, they got it done when it mattered most. And he is an imposing guy. Oh, he is a monster. He's one of those guys you look at and it's like, okay, I think we're in trouble. He's going he's gonna to shut us down big time. So Jordan Davis comes to Minnesota and, you know, it might be weird to take him in a th with a 3-4 possibility, but who knows? Who knows what our approach is truly going to be going forward? Jordan Davis could be an interesting pick. Uh, another guy who could be an interesting pick could be that Tyler Linderbaum. Yep, out of Iowa. Six, uh, excuse me, he's a center. 6'2", 296. Maybe not the most exciting pick in the history of the world should the Vikings go this way, but Garrett Bradbury, I don't know. Um... Size is kind of an issue for both Garrett Bradbury and Tyler Linderbaum, but most people believe that there's a bit more of a strong possibility that Linderbaum actually is a legitimate NFL center going forward. He has a little bit of the same issues with the short arms and such and not the biggest guy in the world. He's not that small. Um, very, very good zone blocker. I mean, Garrett Bradbury's pretty good at the run blocking and such, but yeah, very good mobile zone run blocker with definite athleticism and able to block up the field with ease. Uh, he's apparently, he apparently yep, has the short arms, isn't the largest guy. He's similar to Bradbury, but more than likely will turn out better. He could slip into the... This is what makes it interesting with Tyler Linderbaum, though, which could make things very interesting going forward. He could slip into the second round, as he has all but completely disappeared from first-round mocks. So that's what's interesting about Linderbaum, you might be able to trade up into the second round to get him instead. You might, If you really like him, but you want to take a Drake Lennon, you want to take a Stingley, you want to take a McDuffie. Those are the big three, I think, the Vikings could be going towards. I think it could be one of those three guys. Uh, if, it, if Ahmad Gardner somehow winds up there, holy crap, he's, he's the pick. Yeah, and I would just dance to the moon if the Vikings went that direction. The funny part is I might be wrong and might be none of these guys. And there's also one more guy remaining that it could end up being him as well. Because he's awesome. Oh, he's awesome. But there's a possibility. That this the, the next guy could go anywhere from 5 to, you know, I guess for some reason Walter Football has him going like 20th, which I don't think is going to happen. But um, could be an unbelievable 
story coming up here in a moment. But yeah, Tyler Linderbaum, that would be a nice one. I remember at the time, I was kind of hoping the Vikings were going to wind up like taking Garrett Bradbury in the similar situation early in the second round, late in the first, maybe a trading up, and you take somebody else. Not take Bradbury right at the position the Vikings took him. That was the one thing where it was a tiny bit of a reach, but I figured, oh, what the hell. He's the best center in the draft, and we really need a center. It's been extremely frustrating with all these guys who keep getting hurt. So, you know, that kept getting hurt in the past. What was it? Uh, at, at a, I can't even remember his name. Was it Edison? Yeah. And then the oh, God. It was so so sad and frustrating with all the injuries to those uh, to those two guys back in 17, 18, 19, and such. It just broke your heart. And then, you know, it's like, okay, you got to get somebody who's going to be there, you know, healthy and good. And I thought it was going to be a legitimate starting center for many years, Garrett Bradbury. Now I'm not so sure anymore, and we'll see. Pat Elfline and uh, Nick Easton, guys like that, you know, just constant injuries and such. There's always issues with their shoulders and their ankle for uh, Nick Easton. It's just never the same. And, and then he ended up leaving for the New Orleans Saints of all teams. Thank you so much. So it was like, okay, Garrett Bradbury, please. And then, yep, they took him, and then he just wasn't as good as people were hoping. He just wasn't. So we'll see what happens. Maybe you bring in Tyler. Mr. Tyler, indeed. I would be, uh, I'd be intrigued. Tyler Linderbaum, of course. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Safety. There is that possibility because you have one safety from Notre Dame, and then the other position is just kind of like up in the air. It's not been the same, but uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe Cam Bynum's the guy, and he looks fantastic. A lot of people do like him, but if you're not overly confident in him, maybe you want to make a decision at some point. Or, of course, you know, you have all three of them, and then ultimately Harrison Smith is going to retire at some point, and you replace him with another Notre Dame uh, safety, and this one is the best safety in the draft. No questions asked. Kyle Hamilton, six foot four, two twenty. Six foot four, two twenty. A, a specimen of a safety at, at, at that size with those long arms. He can pretty much do it all when it comes to a defensive back and all that. I mean, wow. Uh, four interceptions as a freshman, one as a junior, and three as a sophomore, or excuse me, uh, three as a junior in 2021. I'm losing my mind. I apologize. Um, my God, look at the past deflection. Six in 2019, seven in 2024 last year. Obviously, yeah, he's the best safety in the draft. Where it's number 14, which is kind of a weird number for a safety, but nowadays, who knows? I mean, I don't know who's what anymore. You're looking at what, uh, I, I, I don't even want to get to it. <laughs> Delvin Cook wearing number four. I don't even know if I want to go there. But what I saw to Kyle Hamilton is uh, pretty exciting. Uh, he may not be there at number 12. He's long. He's athletic. He can deliver the big hit. He can be used in all different defensive packages, dropping back into coverage, which is typical, obviously, but also can be used in blitz packages. Uh, an absolute ball hawk. He uses his long arms. Uh, there was a stretch where he had three interceptions in a four-quarter period. Explosive speed in blitz packages. Blitz packages that uh, will hold. Yeah, I, I believe he's going to be a household name wherever he goes. Is he a tall Troy Polamalu? That might be kind of a crazy comparison, but you never know. I mean, there is there is a hell of a career, I think, there, a possibility if he stays healthy. Or is he like a Harrison Smith 2.0? We'll see. Um, he's very special, though. I think there's a special player in Kyle Hamilton, and everybody's going to know who he is in the next couple of years, if not right away as a rookie in the National Football League. Um, it'd be a very exciting, intriguing pick for the Minnesota Vikings, should we want to absolutely shore up that safety position no matter what. Like, there you go. There you go. There's the future. There's the present, and there's the future, this and that. Maybe a starter right away. Maybe Bynum ends up taking over to join Kyle, Kyle Hamilton as Harrison Smith's career comes to an end at some point in the not-super-distant future. Uh, he's, what, he's going into his 11th season. He's not going to play forever. And uh, Hamilton can develop. Maybe he doesn't start right away. Or, uh, obviously, maybe you're not super sold on Bynum. Uh, right away or ever. Who, who knows what's going to happen, but I think Kyle Hamilton's going to be a stud for many years in the NFL. Uh, he probably will start right away. <laughs> I don't think they're going to mess around with him where uh, Bynum may have to like kind of continue to be like a, a piece going forward using a different uh, possible defenses. And um, it's going to be exciting. going to be exciting what Kyle Hamilton does. I'm not thinking he's coming to the Vikings. I think it's one of those other three guys. That's just my guess. Uh, Trent McDuffie, Derek Stingley, or uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, excuse me, not Garrett Wilson, but uh, Drake London. I don't think Garrett Wilson's coming here, but he's been mocked to Minnesota in a couple of drafts on occasion, but uh, not lately. Uh, Kyle Hamilton was on one at one point a while back. 
not overly confident he's the guy either in that situation, but looking forward to it. Um, it's pretty much, yeah, there was Tyler Linderbaum a while back, but now never again. <sighs> Just the thought of McDuffie going 23rd to Minnesota, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be a nice deal. Like, occasionally you get real lucky with something like that. You trade down, and heck, we, we did it last year. So, Minnesota Vikings did it last year. We traded down, and we still wound up with our offensive tackle that, you know, I was a fan of his. I was a huge fan. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, what can we expect from him out of Florida State? He actually is a senior coming out of that one, so pretty interesting there. And, of course, Eden Prairie, Minnesota native as well. Yeah, you never know. You never know. 12 sacks last year, though. Awesome, awesome, awesome year. He'd be the edge rush Maybe we might want to bring in. We'll see. I mean, you, you can help him join, uh, again, that 3-4. two. Yeah, the 3-4. He'll be part of two spectacular defensive ends, depending on what kind of approach we're looking at. But 12 sacks for uh, Florida, the Florida State Seminoles last year. Looks like he may have a very, very nice career ahead of him. And kind of fitting that he wears number 11, Racy Jermaine Johnson, two. He's Jermaine Johnson, too. I kind of like that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so, got to like that. As for quarterbacks, I mean, Cole Kelly is a guy that I liked a lot. Um, it's interesting possibility with that one. Others, I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not 100% convinced where the Vikings are going to go. It's a totally different regime. I mean, Rick Spielman never drafted quarterbacks unless it was like he had to. Unless he had to. like, Or he'd pick them in like some random guy in the fifth or fifth to seventh round and and it's like, there's almost no chance. Like, John David Broody couldn't throw a ball 10 yards. Uh, who was the Iowa quarterback we just recently took? There's just nothing there. He might have been a decent quarterback in college, but there's just nothing there when it comes to future potential. So, it was extremely frustrating. Maybe I'm just being a jerk right now saying that, but I, I'm just not overall, I'm not overly excited about where the Vikings have gone in the past. But a different, what you call it, a different uh, front office Completely different front office. We could go in a different direction. Uh, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, Bailey Zapps, Tyler Thompson. These are all these different names you can think about. Uh, Caleb Ellaby. That's a name people have been talking out of. Western Michigan, Cole Kelly, and Cole Johnson. Uh, Caleb Ellaby at least is something to explore. Possibly one of those later round picks. Certainly not a monster like a power forward or small forward uh, basketball player type of size. Like the Cole Kelly's, what is he, like 6'7"? It's absolutely crazy. He's like a freak. Uh, six foot one, two ten. Um, just a sophomore, though, out of the Western Michigan Broncos. That's who the Gopher hockey team beat in the uh, the region final a couple of weeks ago now. It feels like eternity ago because they got blown to bits by Minnesota, the Minnesota State Mavericks. Yes, Sebastian, yes, I know. And then, unfortunately, they lost to Denver, so neither of us are happy at the end of that. I hate Denver. Um, so, anyhow, and I, uh, whatever. Uh, Caleb Caleb Ellaby, though, 23 touchdowns, 6 INTs last year. Not as a senior, but last year. Why are they calling him? A, yeah, he must have been a red shirt. Yeah, because they're saying sophomore. He's not a sophomore. He played three years. What are they talking about? In fact, he's actually slightly older than some of the other guys here. So... Yeah, I don't know. They're they're acting weird here. 18 touchdowns, only two interceptions in 2020. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like Nick Foles there, where he has crazy numbers like that for a while. Like not explosive touchdown numbers, but never threw interceptions. Remember years ago with the uh, the Eagles, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> or were those numbers for the Rams? I can't remember. I think he sucked with the Rams. I can't remember what team he was on real early in his career, and I remember. Paul Charchian was all like, wow, look at that. Like He never throws INTs. That's what it was like, though, for Allaby in 2020. But last year, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of something, 32-77. He's not the kind of guy you're going to be like, oh, my God, you know, there he is. That's the next, you know, whoever, the next Tom Brady, the next Steve Young, the next blah, blah, blah. But his quarterback rating was very good. This and that. Uh, his accuracy has got to be better than what we have right now in Kellen Mond. I mean, he's Mr. Inaccurate. Um, 63.5% as uh, last year, 64.7 in 2020. So at least he's a little bit accurate. So that's the other name that I've been hearing. You could be looking at as a day three pickup, you know, the Saturday Saturday afternoon uh, quarterback, you know, literally Saturday afternoon draft pick. Yes, yes, you get the idea. Um, and you never know, Tom Brady was a Saturday afternoon guy. What was he, six-round pick? So, I mean, <laughs> what, what else is new? You know, I mean, there's always possibility. Matt Burke was a six-round pick. Ended up being a Pro Bowl center. Uh, John Sullivan went to a couple of Pro Bowls. He was a six-round pick. 
And those are centers, though. But quarterback, I mean, good things can happen as well. Occasionally. Otherwise, it's the next John David Booty. It's the next Kellen Mond. A lot of people would think Kellen Mond now. If, if he's anything like they've been talking about, like in the disappointing factor, from Zimmer to whoever, he should have been taken in the third round. But what the hell? I guess the Vikings were taking a chance there. Uh, certainly has athleticism. Accuracy, not so much. Throwing arms, decent. Uh, Cole Kelly... He's not mobile. Oof, no, he's just like an ogre. <laughs> he's like an ogre. He's not built like a mobile guy, but good arm, good accuracy. There's something there. Spectacular numbers, but in like, a, you know, Division Three, Division Two. part of me, uh, football. So probably overqualified for Division Two level in Cole Kelly's case. Would have been interesting to see how he would have performed in Division One. So we'll see. It's, it's kind of a random guy. Uh, the games were ugly to watch. I mean, Division Two football, it's ugly. It's really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was okay. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, Caleb Ellaby, though. Could he be a possibility coming to Minnesota in the future? So you just never know. He's um, not the most mobile guy in the history of the world, but he, he got in the end zone a few times, so that's good when it came to uh, Caleb Ellaby. And I'm kind of like t- spending a little time on this one because it's interesting. Again, yeah, he didn't. Whoa, he didn't bring up a bunch of. Uh, he he didn't run a whole lot, but he got in the end zone quite a bit. So you could kind of use his physicality going forward, kind of up the gut, basically. Six touchdowns in 2021. Cool. He ran for six touchdowns. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, but only 80. But only 64 yards and 87 attempts. So, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he'll give you a yard. Ooh, he'll give you a yard. Come on now. What are you complaining about? At least he got in. Stop whining. Shut up. Just kidding. Uh, but at least there's something there. Uh, so we'll see. Take a flyer. I've babbled way too much about Caleb Ellaby. Let's take a quick break. Get to fan interaction. Wrap things up. We are back here on Purple Mafia. Yes, sir, the draft preview. Hopefully I didn't babble too much. I apologize if I did. And before any of that, we can get to the Vigit app really quick. The Vigit app, the uh, V-I-G-I-T. It's two separate words. It is an app on Apple and Android devices. Of course, just get it off of the the Play Store, the Google Play or the Apple Store, whatever, Apple App Store. Open it up. It's basically fantasy betting. Social media for sports betters. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sporter better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook bet, free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats. There's great information available on the Vigit Lakeland movement where the public is betting. Again, it is not real money wagering. It is fantasy betting, but fun competition. Crypto.com. It is an app also for Android and Apple devices. Can trade cryptocurrencies. It's fun to do. You're not guaranteed to win, but you're certainly not guaranteed to lose either. And it can be a lot of fun. I've made a few thousand on it, and I'm not kidding. I'm not making it up. And it's available all the time. That's what's different about the stock market, where you have to wait sometimes for the market to open, or you pay an extra price for a special account so you can do extended hours trading and get an advantage over other people. Otherwise, those people get an advantage over you, which is really annoying, especially if you want to do penny stock trading. Where crypto, it's trading 24-7-365, or even some years 366, depending on if it's a leap year. <laughs> it's always on, though. That's what I mean. You, 2 a.m. on Christmas Eve or whatever, you could trade cryptocurrency. No joke. So it's fun. And the fees are very cheap. It's a small, tiny percentage. So get on board. And please use the link in the show description. Also for Figit, if you happen to join that, type in Paladino Live when they ask who referred you. It's all one word. All of this information will be in the show description. Let's get moving to the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. I thought I had it up, and I did, thankfully. Want to thank... Dave Hickey, out of Iowa. Vince Germano, out of Australia. Tene Brown, out of New Zealand, for retweeting episode 371, Free Agency 2022. Thank you very much for those of you that did that. Dave Hickey says, excellent. I hope they keep Hunter, too. This must be after signing Zadarius. Yep, I was saying we got him. 
Um, three-year value, base value of three, three-year deal, base value of 42 million, worth up to 47 with incentives. 14 million APY. Yep, annual per year. Excellent. I hope they keep Hunter too. That will be badass. From Dave Hickey out of Iowa. I'm sure, I'm sure knowing he, he gets to hunt down Rogers was extra motivation because did you hear what he said about Rogers? Oh, man. Oh, he didn't respond. Shoot. But I remember it was, I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I remember at the time, and now I'm blanking, so I apologize. Um, Sebastian was saying, is this as close to peak excitement for Minnesota teams, for all Minnesota teams that we've ever had? The Twins had uh, Sonny Gray and uh, Mr. Correa. That was awesome. Uh, the Wild, Marc-Andre Fleury and a great team. Oh, let's say good team. Sebastian certainly was saying different things about them later on. <laughs> <laughs> at least today, this afternoon, as they were getting beat by the Blues. Oh, St. Louis Blues. Like, we can't beat them. And if we play them in the first round, it doesn't look good. Vikings run it back with an offensive coach and a 3-4 defense. Tovers had the NCAA berth. Mavericks had NCAA berth. That's hockey. Well, it was good, but none of them bought a home championship. Depressing. Sebastian is saying, thoughts on the new helmets that are coming, supposedly safer. I hope I hope they're safer. Um, I'm not certainly not an expert at anything like that. And if they are, that's good. They look okay. They look a little weird, but I guess that's how it is. You have things kind of cave in at certain areas to absorb the uh, shock, this and that, to absorb the, yeah, to absorb the shock, literally. So it's okay. I mean, as long as it's safer and it doesn't look too ugly, go for it. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. And that's it for the Twitter. Dang. Yeah, Facebook's much more active. But thank you, Sebastian, to Antony. And Dave Hickey for uh, conversating with me on a, at Purple Mafia show. Usually the Twitter's more active, but that's my own fault. So I apologize, guys, for being inactive in my case. Facebook, I was put in the free agency and all that stuff. And there's no comments, just likes there. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. So there it was, the Zadarius Smith news. We got a little bit more response here, which is okay. All comments are relevant, damn it. Dave Hickey jumps in says, love it. It seems to be... He has a little vengeance towards Rogers too. Him and Daniil are going to be badass. I was a little worried they were going to move on with Hunter, but not now. They can't. <laughs> They're going to make the whole defense better. And yeah, they should. I do think it's going to be a lot better. It says three comments, and I see two. Okay, I think somebody responded. Uh, Gerald Spring out of Nebraska says, well said. Leland out of Iowa says, spending some green on the D. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yep, Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis sounds like a singer, but yeah, that's that guard coming from the Miami Dolphins who, yeah, interesting conversation in the background of Tom Brady was possibly going to be heading there before strange things started happening with that coaching staff, and eh, I don't know, it's weird. Let's just keep moving. So Jesse Davis, Dave Hickey says, I'm really excited to see how all these pieces work together. I think a few depth spots are, I think a few are depth spots, but Mr. Davis here, he sounds like he's penciled in as a starter. He started 72 of the last 80. He must be solid. That's more starts than all the turnstiles we've had in the spot the last five years, five years put together. Yeah, he's over 30. Uh, Leland says he's a vet. We missed a few others, but he seems solid, so we'll see. Tanae says, I reckon he's insurance if Wyatt Davis is unplayable. Yep, and we'll see. I'm hoping Wyatt can get going. Tanae's response is, at least, I, at least that's at least I hope that's what the signing is. Yeah, I mean, I feel you there. Totally. Looks like I clicked like twice. That's funny. Uh, and there's uh, Nate Harrison, Ty Smith. We're both signed. Those two cornerbacks. Ty Smith's coming back. Just likes there. No comments. And then there was some rumor that uh, Vikings and Bills, former Vikings and Bills receivers then traded to the Cowboys, that being Stefan Diggs. Not true. Apparently, he signed a massive contract uh, extension, over $100 million. So he's making bajillions a year now. Um, yeah, so the fake news, yep, according to Jeff Foyland, he was right about that. Yeah, it must have been April Fool's, but it is what it is. That's my own fault. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Let's keep moving. Patrick Peterson resigns of the Vikings for 2022. No comments, just likes. Interesting. And same thing. Yep, only $4 million. Very, very friendly. Uh, that is a very friendly contract. Last year was pretty expensive. No comments, just likes. This one has comments. Vikings agreed to terms with Chris Reed, according to Pro Football Talk at the time, out of uh, the Indianapolis Colts. 
he's more likely the starting guard possibility. Gerald Swing says, "What the? Did we just did we just try and and get a guard? Holy crap! What's going on up there?" Yeah, he was like, "Wow, yep." Because the whole yeah, did I mention we need some guards? Yes, yes, we do. Dave Hickey says, "It's not like I know a lot of offensive linemen besides who's on my team." But a lot of Colts fans were pissed they didn't resign him, and that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things about this guy. He's at least decent. He's at least decent. We've had a lot of guys that aren't decent. Close the comment here. Come on, show the comment. Jeez. Maybe a gem. That was the signing of, yep. Defensive line, Julian Taylor, the 49ers, seventh-round pick in 2018, who tore his ACL in December 2019 and hasn't played since, is a, is signing a one-year deal today for the Vikings per his agent, VM, GM Kwesi. Edward Vomenso has helped draft Taylor with the 49ers and is now signing him. So interesting. We'll see, according to Adam Scheffler. Um, yeah, his tweets weren't all that good about Haskins either. Yeah, but we'll leave that alone. I'm not going to jump on that pitchfork nation on him. What's the point? People have said their part. Um, and Doug Sutherland also passed away, member of the Purple People Eaters. Yep, well, they're all leaving us too early. A couple of hockey players died yesterday in their 60s, so very sad. Uh, Bossy, Mike Bossy died, and Tom McCarthy, former North Star, very good player. 61, and Mike Bossy, legend of the New York Islanders dynasty. Goal-scoring machine, holy crap. 65, died of lung cancer. Um... Doug Sutherland, only 73. He was part of the defensive line, the defensive line of the Purple People Eaters. He died on, and at the beginning of the month here. Um, see what the quote is here. Doug Sutherland, Doug Sutherland, pardon me, was one of our proudest legends. His humble nature did not allow for him to talk much about his own playing career, but Doug was a key member of some of those, of some of the best defenses in NFL history and three Super Bowl teams. Doug was also the consummate teammate after football. He was one of the most active members of Vikings Legends events and didn't miss a chance to help out at a community event or lend a hand where needed. Our thoughts are with Doug's friends and family, co-workers Siggy and Mark Wilf said in a statement. In 10 seasons with the Vikings, Sutherland made 90 starts and appeared in 138 games, the fourth most by a defensive tackle in franchise history behind John Randall, Kevin Williams, and Alan Page. Wow. So, yeah, more than Eller. Man, more than Eller and Larson and Marshall. Holy smokes. That doesn't sound right, does it? Didn't Jim Marshall have, like, a huge streak going? Crazy. Well, good for you, Doug Sutherland. You really hung in there. And uh, it's a doggone shame that... Uh, doggone shame. Only 73. Jeez. Jeez. Oh, it's sad. Yep, there's Doug right there. Yep, in that picture, old black and white picture. That was 1971. He was traded to the Vikings. Yep, so he was selected in the 14th round in 1912. 14th round, but there were less teams back then. 1970 draft. He played middle linebacker and guard for the Saints in his rookie season and was traded to the Vikings. He was playing some guard, wow, in 1971. Yep, and he got to the, yep, he had all kinds of great... Sutherland filled in for Gary Larson, an original member of the Purple People Eaters, to make eight stars in 1974, then became the full-time member of the group next season when Larson retired. Yeah, so Gary Larson must be a bit older, yep. Um, yeah, so he was with Paige, Eller, and Jim along the team's famed defensive line. Yep, so he was the other one. Yep, Larson was a bit older, definitely. And, yeah, you know, he, had to, he got hurt, too, and stuff. So it is it is what it is. Um Whoa. Two arrested in homicide involving Cowboys cornerback. Okay. Okay. Should I click on that just out of curiosity here? Now I'm curious. What the heck happened here? Cornerback Kelvin Joseph met with police. Two arrests have been made in the death of Cramon Ray on March 18th. Okay. Well, yikes. Uh, I don't like to hear about stuff like that. That's too bad. Really much so. Um... Well, I better, I better wrap this up. I want to wish all of you, again, thank you so much. Hopefully the Minnesota Vikings can make the right pick here going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a quarterback somewhere on Saturday. Did I did I mention one of the two? I It's one of the two guys I mentioned. I hope so. I would like that. I like both of those two guys from what I've, I've heard a lot of good things. And Cole Kelly, I saw more extensive video, but even though it's ugly to watch, it was still kind of fun. Like, there's some potential there. You just never know. Um 
who knows? It might be just a big waste. Who knows? I mean, a quarterback role, you know, you're either, you're either going to get somebody special or he's just going to be a nothing. It's just, it's black and white with quarterbacks uh, in a lot of ways. So you're hoping for the best there. Um, with that said, again, you're hoping for the best. Please call into the show if you could. Simply open up your smart device. There are free voice recording apps all over the app world, and usually there's built-in apps as well on your on your smart device, Android or Apple. Open it, press record, start talking, create it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and email it, slash share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zumzar.com. Starts with a Z, and uh, there you go. So happy to give them a free plug. Please write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on Apple Podcasts, Audible, uh, Stitcher, or Spotify would be greatly, greatly appreciated if you could do that. God bless you. Uh, gold star for this episode. It's kind of all over the place. I think I'm going to go with Dave Hickey for the gold star. The silver star goes to Tony Brown. Sebastian brings in a silver-plated bronze star with Gerald Sering. God bless all of you. Hope to talk to you soon. Can't wait. And, yeah, <laughs> we'll be back to talk about the Vikings post-draft in the next few weeks. Until then, take care and God bless.